So by now, I'm sure that everybody is aware that the Colorado State Supreme Court on Tuesday evening barred Donald Trump from the ballot using the insurrection clause of the 14th Amendment. The court decided that Donald Trump did in fact support the insurrection, partially because he had the authority to stop it, but didn't. Through his inaction, the court tells us, Donald Trump tacitly supported this, or passively, I guess you will. But here's the big problem that Donald Trump has. The court also determined that this was not just a manner of Trump speaking at the ellipse that day at the Stop the Steal rally. They said this is not a First Amendment issue because a First, a First Amendment issue does not apply when the speech, you know, somebody's free speech, is in furtherance of a crime. That is going to come back to harm Donald Trump in every criminal trial that he is facing with, of course, probably the exception of the New York hush money trial, but Hey, who knows? Right. Um, here's what's happening. Donald Trump, as I actually talked about yesterday, had his lawyers earlier this week argue in a motion to dismiss the charges against him in Georgia, that he was just exercising his freedom of speech. Well, as I just said, Colorado just said, listen, it's not freedom of speech when the speech is in furtherance of a crime. And we're determining essentially that you did the crime of supporting an insurrection. Now, obviously it was not a criminal trial. So Donald Trump is not going to be convicted uh, for this, you know, supporting the insurrection as the court said, but that ruling, even even if overturned by the U S Supreme court, those judges words can and will be used against Donald Trump when he goes to those criminal trials, like the one in Georgia or the one in front of judge Chutkin and tries to say, listen, I was just talking, I was just exercising my freedom of speech. I was just telling these people, I didn't like the results of the election. They did all this on their own. No, this is no longer a free speech issue as the Colorado state Supreme court ruled. Now, if the Supreme court does overturn it, obviously that does cast a little doubt on it and you're not necessarily going to be able to use it as you know, the legal standard, but you can still use it. Okay. I, I know it's kind of a bit of a gray area if the Supreme court does overturn this, but the words are powerful. The ruling is powerful. You know, their argument is very spot on. So I think even with a Supreme court that could likely overturn this, cause that's obviously where this goes from here. Um, I, I think you can still use parts of this ruling in the trials against Donald Trump, or at least use some of the rationale because it's a different animal. These are criminal trials. This is more of a, you know, constitutional, not civil, not criminal, but kind of that weird area in between. So anything can happen at this point. But the bottom line is that this ruling in Colorado has more ramifications than just whether or not Trump can be on the ballot there. This is going to harm his criminal trials. It's going to harm his defenses and it could slim chance, but I'll say it definitely has the potential to end up resulting in a conviction in one of these later criminal trials. During an appearance this week on Kimberly Guilfoyle's podcast, Trump lawyer Alina Haba had a bit of a weird moment. 
But the weird moment is kind of secondary to what she told Kimberly Guilfoyle she was doing. Let me set this up before I show you the clip. Guilfoyle, of course, wanted to briefly, I guess, talk about the ongoing fraud trial that, of course, is basically resting at this point until closing arguments begin on January 11th of next year. So Guilfoyle pleaded with Haba to please get her fiance, his father, his brother, and the organization off. Get them off. And Lena Haba responded and said, I'm on it. Apparently not realizing that the summary judgment has already found them all liable for the fraud. So there's literally no way for her to get them off. But here is the exchange again, starts with talking about the trial and then gets progressively more weird from there. Take a look. It's a little favor here. If you can please uh, get my uh, fiance and his brother off, I'd really appreciate (laughs) it. Really don't want to have to... (laughs) I'm going to have to support Junior for the rest of his life. Oh, my God. What is going on with the sparkles? That was so crazy. What's the sparkles? Oh, you know what? It's that iPhone thing, I think. I mean, yeah, just fireworks going off behind you while you're trying to do a very serious interview about helping your clients and doing the best job you can. And you've got the firework. It's like the lawyer in the early days of the pandemic doing the virtual hearing where he had the cat filter on. Like that's kind of what Alina Haba just did. It wasn't as serious because it wasn't an actual hearing, but come on now. You can do better, by the way, than, you know, using FaceTime (laughs) to conduct an interview. You know, hop on Zoom like a normal person. Use Skype if you have to, but FaceTime, that's a little rinky dink. And so, you know, do better next time, Alina. But here's the thing. This is what drives me crazy about this segment is Alina Haba was asked, you please get my, my fiance off. I don't want to support him for the rest of his life. She says, and she's joking about that, obviously, but I think, I don't know. Alina Haba responded and said, I'm on it. You you're on what you already lost. You literally already lost your case. And as a lawyer, it is your responsibility to tell the family of the client, because even as the fiance, you, you are still kind of considered family. You cannot give them false hope. I mean, that is hugely unethical. It's not illegal. She didn't break any rules, but giving people false hope when you have already lost because of the summary judgment against the client, that is highly unethical. You have an obligation as the criminal defense attorney for these clients to be honest and forthcoming with them. And I get that this wasn't necessarily in courtroom and it wasn't a confidential conference. It was an interview publicly, but you still have that responsibility as a lawyer to correct her and say, well, listen, the summary judgment was issued. We disagree with it. We'll appeal it when all this is over, but technically liability has already been determined. So I cannot get them off like you're asking me to, but what I can do is go in there, deliver just a knockout punch in closing arguments and maybe reduce the penalty down to $0. That's what you could have said. That's what you should have said. If you had a shred of dignity, if you had any honesty in you, that's how you would have phrased that. You didn't have to make it seem like, oh, don't worry, I can totally get them off of it because you can't, you can't. That ship has sailed. So to me, 20 years in the legal profession, folks, this was mind blowing 
that she would give the client's family this level of false hope, knowing for a fact that she technically already lost this case. Ted Cruz decided this week that he wanted to go and give a little speech at Charlie Kirk's Turning Point USA conference. And Ted Cruz did what Ted Cruz does, and he tried to come across as a stand-up comedian, but ended up effectively falling flat on his face. Here's what happened. Ted Cruz came out yelling and screaming into a microphone, which is already something you don't have to do because you got a microphone that amplifies your voice. You don't have to yell. But he was screaming about how angry people on the left are. Like he's ranting and raving like a, like a lunatic screaming at the audience about how angry everybody else on the other side is. And then things got weird because he started talking about the sex lives of liberal women. I don't want to give too much away. So I will let Ted Cruz say it in his own words. Here's the clip. Left is so bad. They're so unhappy. They're so pissed off. And by the way, if you were a liberal woman and you had to sleep with those weenies, you'd be pissed too. What is it about conservatives that makes them so obsessed with other people's sex lives. I mean, look, I get it. Ted Cruz is from the state of Texas. They actually have laws on the books about how many sex toys you can own. That's how deeply involved in your bedroom activities Republicans in Texas are. You know, they, they want to make sure that, you know, oh, we can't have, you know, these people uh, having sex with this group of people. We don't like that. We can't have children, you know, learning that people can be gay, you know, just constantly. It all goes, it all goes back to the bedroom. The, the, the bathroom bans, right? Oh, we got to ban transgender people from using the restroom of their gender of choice because they'll sexually assault somebody because it's all about sex with these Republicans. And Ted Cruz thinks that the reason these liberal women are so angry is because they have these little weenies as Ted Cruz called them that they have to sleep with every night. That guy on stage pretending to be a stand-up comic because deep down that's what he's always wanted to be. I mean, think back to that video of him in college where he trying to be funny and he did it in 2016 when he was running for president. He sucks at it, but he's got his gut hanging over his belly, you know, hanging over his belt there. Looks like a deformed version of Santa Claus. And he has the audacity to say that liberal men are the weenies. I mean, dude, you, you look like you should be filling toys into a bag to deliver to children in a couple days. You, you don't have the right <laughs> to sit there and criticize who anybody else is sleeping with. I mean, after all, your poor wife has to sleep with you. Here's what gets me. People on the left are angry. You know, women on the left, obviously exceptionally angry, but they're not angry because of who they're having to sleep with. You know what they're angry about? They're angry about losing their rights because of people like you, Ted, these women, especially in your state, have lost the right to determine what to do with their own body. So yeah, they're pissed off and rightfully so. Ted, how would you feel if Repub or liberal women got together and started passing laws 
about whether or not you're allowed to do things with your body, you know, restricting your reproductive freedom. Pretty sure you'd be a little angry too. And by the way, you did come across as angry when you were screaming into the microphone about how angry everybody else is, apparently immune to the irony of it. There's a lot of reason for anger in this country, Ted. And a lot of the reasons come from your party. You are stripping people, not just women, but people across the spectrum of their rights. You are stripping teachers of their ability to actually determine what to teach their students. You are stripping transgender people and other members of the LGBTQ community, to be honest, you're stripping them of their right to even exist, trying to regulate their bodies into non-existence. That's what your party is doing. So if we are a little pissed off on the left, which we are, trust me, it's got nothing to do about what's happening in the bedroom but it has everything to do with the fact that people like you want to shove your noses into our bedrooms and tell us what we should be doing. And I got to be clear, I think Ted Cruz is probably the last person on the planet anybody ought to be taking sex advice from. Dan Patrick. Republican Lieutenant Governor of the state of Texas is furious over the fact that Donald Trump has been barred from the primary and presidential ballots in the state of Colorado. So during an interview with Fox News host Laura Ingram this week, Patrick actually suggests that maybe it's time to fight fire with fire and maybe the state of Texas will kick Joe Biden off the 2024 ballot because apparently Dan Patrick has no idea why Donald Trump was actually kicked off the ballot. But here is what, here is what Patrick said. Seeing what happened in Colorado makes me think, except we believe in democracy in Texas, unless you're a woman or a member of the LGBTQ community, right, Dan? Maybe we should take Joe Biden off the ballot in Texas for allowing 8 million people to cross the border since he's been president disrupting our state. So, because... Immigrants are coming into this country across the southern border. You want to ban Joe Biden from being on the ballot. Hmm. Okay. Well, let's look at that. In order to do that, obviously, you would have to use the 14th Amendment, the Insurrection Clause, which is what they used in the state of Colorado. And you would have to determine that these people that came across the border actually engaged in an insurrection. And then once you meet that threshold, which you can't meet because none of those people actually engaged in an insurrection. So your case is already dead on arrival, but let's assume you could prove these people engaged in an insurrection. Can you show me where president Biden has said, open the borders and let these people in? No, you can't. And for the record, that's actually the number one argument that you need to be using You know, I know we got holidays coming up. You're going to have family around, probably some family members you may not like or agree with. If any of them bring it up, ask them to pull up a clip and show you where President Biden has said, open the borders, let all these people in. If they can't do that, ask them to point to the policy that allows it because no such policy exists. We're actually having record numbers of deportations, record numbers of apprehension, record numbers of drug uh, 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 seizures and record numbers of terrorists being arrested. The Biden administration is doing everything Republicans have always wanted to do. They just weren't as successful with it. So Dan Patrick is a damn liar is what this is. But again, 
because you cannot point to Biden openly embracing people coming across the border. And because you cannot prove that any of these people, not a single one of them have engaged in an insurrection, you don't have a legal case to remove president Biden from the ballot. But Dan Patrick doesn't care. Dan Patrick has no intention of moving, of removing president Biden from the ballot. All he's trying to do is get his stupid little face on TV saying these outrageous and controversial things because one, he wants to avenge Donald Trump. And so he's trying to give payback to Biden and two, he wants to suck up to this MAGA Republican anti-immigrant Biden hating base because he ain't done with politics. I'm sure Dan Patrick has bigger, uh, political ambitions on the horizon. Maybe he wants to not just be Lieutenant governor of Texas, but maybe governor of Texas. Hell, maybe a Senator one day, maybe even president of the United States. So he has to say stupid stuff. He has to say stuff that he knows he can't do because that's what the base expects. Say the dumbest stuff imaginable, get your face all over the news, get your name in the headlines, and then never worry about the fact that you have no intention of doing this because, Hey, they're not going to call you out for not doing what you're saying you want to do, right? Maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's why conservatives always get off the hook for these promises that they never follow through on because they know they can't. It's because there's never the follow-up. There's never conservative media coming back and saying, well, wait a minute, you said you were going to do this, but you didn't. You're a liar. Maybe if they did that, maybe Republicans might think twice before saying the dumbest things you've ever heard on television. Thanks for listening to today's Fair and Balanced Daily. Stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on YouTube at youtube.com slash fairandbalanced and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at fairandbalanced.